This is the Roaring Alpha podcast for the 19th of December 2017. A podcast about Apache Hadoop and the surrounding ecosystem for anybody working with or investigating big data and advanced analytics. My name is John, and here's my healthy co-host again, Dave. Well, healthy-ish at least, or as healthy as I ever get. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not getting any better anyway. <laughs> How are things with you, Jan? Uh, oh, I'm great. It's almost end of the year. I've got some vacation coming up. The only thing that's uh, putting a dent in my happiness is we're about to eat some crow. Well, maybe. This is, of course, our uh, well-known, hopefully, maybe-ish, past <laughs> predictions uh, episode where we uh, we make part, we make predictions at the towards the end of each year, and that's coming up. Um, but then this is the episode where we, we review those predictions and Let's see how bad we are at predicting stuff. Yeah, don't give up your day job. I think is the <laughs> I think is the summary of this. But let's see. Well, I mean, with all predictions, it doesn't matter if it's true or not, as long as you can make people believe it, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got eight predictions from last year. Mm-hmm. She's gonna go past. Uh, let's pass review. Uh, you did say we do this at the end of the year, but this time, I mean, next time we'll be doing it at the beginning of next year. So our future Indeed. predictions will not be next episode, because next episode is going to be a news episode, which you do every <laughs> other episode. And that means that the future predictions will be the first episode of 2018, which is, a, I guess, a nice way to start the year. But anyway, that's, that's again, future prediction. Let's hope that works out. I mean, that should be reasonably predictable. But let's look at the... Uh, predictions. Although first, I have a little uh, service announcement. I was almost going to forget this, and it's um, as our listeners may have heard, uh, I have changed uh, a number of things in our recording studio setup here, which uh, the main objective was to exclude Skype from the whole setup. Because Skype, uh, even though it's cheap and uh, relatively easy to use, it does cause kind of bad audio and has some uh, strange things happening from time to time so we've i've rebuilt uh, my setup to exclude skype and in the same go i also think i have found a solution that has actually better sound quality altogether so you if our listeners are listening every week and of course everybody does you should have heard a difference in the last episode episode 65 which was already recorded with a new setup and uh it's just a bit of a yeah a call out maybe if you could let us know on twitter or email or contact form or whatever if you like dislike don't hear any difference at all with the new setup versus the old setup personally i think it's okay but uh, always looking for feedback. So, listeners, please give me some feedback. Indeed. And new stuff. New stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always fun to play with this stuff. I mean, half of the fun of doing a podcast is getting all the technical stuff working. <laughs> <laughs> or not Every working. single time. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have that much problems today. And I do say not that much. <laughs> anyway, that being out of the way, let's go into our fragments. I uh, made little snippets of the fragment, so we'll be playing a fragment and then discuss how good and bad it was. And the first fragment comes from me. Let's see if this works. Okay, this is my bold prediction that we're going to be seeing other distribution kind of things out there in in the next year where people offer parts of the Hadoop platform as a holistic whole. 
So basically that was me predicting a fragmentation of the ecosystem, going away from the full HTTP, CDH, whatever you want to call distribution, full installs versus some kind of more just to Spark, just to HBase, just to this, just to that. Now, I'm not sure if I call it a win, but I wouldn't call it a loss either, because... It's somewhere in between. I mean, I think we've we've seen some of this happening this year, but I would I would struggle to say that it's it's been the predominant um, direction. I don't think it's taken the world by storm. No, definitely, and it's not entirely clear if it's going to be something that survives. I mean, it's, yeah. as you say, I've seen some attempts trying it, and seems to be working. But if it really is that much better or not. Um, I do see a difference between the cloud versus non-cloud environments. Because a cloud environment, because you've got to go into more loosely coupled uh, solutions, it's a bit more uh, suited to fragmented uh, approaches. But even there, uh, still a lot of searching, still still a lot of uh, looking around and seeing if it's good enough, not good enough, and if it's going to be something that stays out there. So, nah, I'm not going to count it as a win there. Yep. Okay. Not much more to talk about that, I think. I don't think so. So let's go to the next one, which is one from Dave, and I think that's an interesting one. The number and the scale uh, of data breaches um, that that we'll see next year will only get larger, um, and I think we'll see them become a lot more IoT-focused as well. Well... I think of all of the uh, of all of the predictions, um, I think this is the one, uh, in my opinion at least, that that nailed it uh, the most, the hardest. Um, and I think it would be very difficult to argue that this this year wasn't just almost a complete disaster for <laughs> many organisations. The the number of breaches, the scale of the breaches, and the, the things that people have uncovered this year, I think, have been honestly really quite frightening um the uh, uh the sort of it seems to be almost every every week not quite every day but certainly every week some sort of uh, announcement comes out whether it's you know equifax uber um you know here and there everybody seems to be popping up all over the place with uh, uh, breaches that have occurred. So I think it's it's definitely been a uh, a theme this year that uh, uh, the the scale of these things seems to have been getting larger and larger. So I would call that one a win. Unfortunately, uh, you know, when I was making these snippets and I heard this one, I kind of thought that didn't happen at all. Nothing more extraordinary happened. And when I thought further on that i was actually got i had gotten used to this kind of news so well <laughs> because as you said it was there every week it does it doesn't think on my radar anymore hey it's data breach scary, 20 billion it? logins and passwords and credit card information yeah business as usual yeah so yeah definitely it's uh not the good thing well good thing <laughs> is that the, the things that came out this year weren't all happening this year a lot of these bigger ones were already happened i don't know 10 years ago about well, 10 years a bit much but four, four, three, four, five years ago and now only got published or, or got uh, got known but in the public yep. so it's a little less uh bad than you might think at first blush but 
Yeah, I think that. But on uh, the other hand, you could say that's even worse because yeah, these definitely. things have been unnoticed <laughs> for so long um, and only discovered this year. So yeah, it's you're right though. It, it's become oh look another you know another giant botnet discovered. Oh look another um, another breach of millions of accounts discovered. Oh look, <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been uh, as you say, you kind of get. Um, a little bit anaesthetized to it as it's just you know, hitting again and again and again. But I think if you, if you sort of stop and look back at it and start to look at some of the, uh, the trends that have happened throughout this year, it's, it's definitely been, this, this yeah. has been one of the, uh, one of the bigger years. I think. Uh, and one of the trends inside this little security thingy is that this year I feel it came a lot more obvious that the security breaches weren't the act of some script, uh, kid, uh, script kitty uh, doing some, I don't know, some nasty thing, but that it's really organized by uh, yeah. organized crime, if that exists, but also I mean, by big governments. Business. Yeah, I mean, government-sponsored attacks, yeah. uh, but also big business. I mean, the, this is the thing that cybersecurity has very much, um, you know, moved from... Uh, you know, defending against sort of script kiddies and people running root kits and toolkits and point and click compromises and things like that to stuff that, you know, really has, has help desks that are trying to help infect yep. machines with, uh, with, um, with yeah, Trojans. And, it actually almost know. feels like it's a part of a, a normal marketing plan these days. Let's yeah. see how we can discredit our competitors by making sure they lose a lot of data. I mean, not lose, but uh, get exposed. Uh, it's uh, yeah, because the reputation hit of these companies, of course, is huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely massive. So I think, I think we can call that. Unfortunately, I think we can call that a win. Yeah, um, I'm going to take a piece of paper so we can get uh, the running total. Get the scores. Here. So, <laughs> still zero. Dave is one. Hooray! And I f- I'm feeling that it's going to go bad for me today. But let's <laughs> let's continue anyway. <laughs> Okay, next one. Yeah, let's go for it's, it. Uh, my turn again. Two words. I boldly predict chatbots. You will see chatbots everywhere by the end of 2017. They will be so ubiquitous. We will have to implement spam, anti-spam measures to get rid of bots. Well, apart from the fact that you can debate if it's one or two words. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that. I think I what that. you went be your two words. I think was chatbots everywhere, but you inserted many other words before you said that. Never mind. Yeah. No, I, I remember I meant chat and bot, but uh, I okay. knew that. I see. I know my co-host here. I, I, I anticipate him quite well after all these episodes. Indeed. But uh, I think as with the first one, uh, partial success, perhaps there's been a lot more chatbots going on and happening. But I haven't really seen any chatbot anti-spam measures. <laughs> no, no, I haven't really seen that that needle requirement yet. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen. I always remember probably about oh, I don't know. Was it five years ago? I think that um, the IKEA launched their first chatbot as part of their online web store. And, you know, you could ask it questions about um, various IKEA products. And, of course, there was a, a, desi- a, you know, a dedicated uh, uh, site for things that you could ask the IKEA bot. And I don't, I don't really feel that it's moved much beyond mm. that in terms of general 
adoption. I disagree there. I mean, almost every, uh, at least in this part of the world, on this part of the uh, the pond, let's say, uh, every big retailer has some kind of phone app that has bot functionality built into it. Because you can actually ask these apps to do things for you, like uh, fill up your, your shopping cart with things you might need. And you don't do that by filling in a form, by, by just using pretty much natural language uh, to, to tell a thing to do that. Uh, so uh, it's definitely, I mean, the technology we need definitely has changed. The, the use oh, yeah. of uh, artificial yeah, intelligence yeah. and neural networks and stuff and the e- how easy it becomes to make that work, that's definitely improved, but that's not what you meant. No. But I do feel, I think my prediction was too soon, and mm-hmm. uh, this might come up again in the next future uh, prediction episode. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I do see a big uh, ramp up of uh, chatbot usage, and what I'm happy about is that a lot of the Uh, let's call it hype, has disappeared slightly. Mm Because 12 months ago, uh, okay, I want to make miracles happen, let's build a chatbot. I want to turn water into wine, let's build a chatbot, that'll do it. That has gone away. People have come back to Earth and realized that it's just another interface to have data become available to people in a easy ease of ease of use easily usable fashion i don't know how to say it differently yeah but uh so that's good it did hinder the acceptance of chatbots in general a little bit but if i look at the customers that i'm working with i'm just doing a little mental tally here i don't think any of my customers is not at least doing a poc with a chatbot some internally some externally so chatbots are replacing your staff is that what you're saying um, well, it's a bit like the big uh, the manufacturing lines in 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 in, uh, in factories. Um, yes, undoubtedly, technology will replace jobs. The question I always ask myself is that if your job can be replaced by something as stupid as a piece of computer. Do you really want to do that job? <laughs> I mean, from the one point of view, okay, it's getting money to, to survive upon. So I guess the answer should be yes, if that's all you can get. But I mean, some jobs are just, uh, yeah, it's kind of forced labor-ish, uh, I would almost say, that you shouldn't uh, be doing jobs that computers can do better than you can. And if you look at uh, the advances in neural, in neural networks this year alone, uh, the 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 the, uh, the algorithms that can do um, speech recognition, speech to text, actually outperform the best humans. Yeah. Uh, image recognition outperforms the best humans at the moment. So things like that, where somebody is sitting behind a, a little desk eight hours a day, looking at a picture and writing down tags, and next picture, next picture, next picture. Uh, that's not a job somebody should be forced to do. Yeah. Although, although let's face it, we've seen uh, um, certain organisations being outed by doing exactly that. You know, things like the uh, which expense. Uh, it doesn't matter which which particular online expense provider was found using uh, you know, the uh, Mechanical Turk for uh, processing uh, receipts and invoices and things like that. Right, Mechanical Turk is a cheap way of doing it. I wouldn't use it in this fashion, but I have had good success, uh, not personally using Mechanical Turk, but using results that were generated with the Mechanical, mechanical Turk, okay, <laughs> uh, to uh, create uh, training data. 
Yeah, yeah. It's still training daily. That's not, I mean, if you ask somebody to go to the mechanical, uh, the mechanical third to do this for you, you will get, it's not real data. Yeah. But for a hypothesis testing or something like that, it actually works probably quite well. Yeah. And there's, there are a couple of data sets out there which are built uh, through Mechanical Turk uh, efforts, let's say, mm. uh, or any variant of that. The Mechanical Turk yeah. is an Amazon thing, but there are more of those out there. It's just the most well-known one, I would, I would say. Yeah. But uh, from that point of view in data science, those uh, services do kind of, um, yeah, work out, uh, help out. But yeah, if you want to do this in production, then I hope it's not their only way of checking things. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So we think we think that one's another loss on your tally. Uh, then can't get a half one. No, no. I, I I argued for halves last year, and you said no. <laughs> so I'm being firm with this one. It's a no. <sighs> okay, on to your next one then. All right, far away. More options for big data, almost as a as a guided self-service platform for more focused at the SMB, um, the small and medium businesses. Uh, can I say I hate you? If you I'll, like. I'll, I'll add another <laughs> dot to your list, okay, just before we start talking about this. But go ahead. So I think we have seen some of this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um I don't think I've seen as much of it. Um, I think by the sounds of it, you've probably seen more of it happening. Um, I, I think that the the world of big data has has woken up this... I don't know whether it's been this year or whether it has been waking up, but it feels like the world of big data has been waking up to actually it's not just huge, ginormous corporates that actually could make use of big data. Um, and I'd, I'd like to hope that maybe we've been a tiny, tiny part of that journey. Who knows? Yeah, it's only because of the self-service ability of the big data platforms that smaller business can actually start using this stuff. Because yep. you don't have to have a full army of IT personnel to get, to maintain your clusters anymore. And I think you're right that I have seen it more than you because of my cloud um yeah. focus because basically if you go to a cloud you're looking at SaaS and past things uh, software as yeah. a service platform as a service which is particularly this self-service approach of uh, software platforms and yeah if you look at big data the the, the three big ones uh, Google Amazon uh, Azure all had their uh, Hadoop as a service thing but what you've seen this year is that not just Hadoop as a service but all the other things and that's a little bit where my fragmentation does play into uh, play into the whole thing where you can have uh, neural networks as a service machine learning as a service if you want to go to the product level having spark or hive as a service so that has definitely come up and it was my my prediction was that that was going to happen a lot more hence the fragmentation of the whole thing that hasn't happened so it's still yeah not entirely there perhaps but it's definitely been uh, present in my uh, view and definitely yeah but that being said you're, you're not counting this as a win then no, I am. I am counting this as a win. No, it's a half win. And no, half no, 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 no. It's a win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See how I'm getting harassed. Beaten, this. I think. Yeah, Beaten just, is the word you're looking I'm, for. I'm too nice. Uh, We're only halfway through. We've still got it all to play for. Uh, yeah, right. But let's say, <laughs> listeners, if you think Dave is being too harsh on me, speak out to me. Help me save your poor ghost so, here. Save Yon. Save Yon. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, far on away. to the next one. And yeah, I've got not much hope here. So I think in the next year, we'll see organizations, companies come up with the most ridiculous things you can think about and try to market them because they have big data, have Hadoop, and you must have them. Can't say I've seen a lot of that. I did expect it to happen, but um, there have been a couple of things perhaps. And yeah, it's still... I would actually say it's been the reverse more, that the, the big data hype word has lost a little bit in its attractiveness. I think you're right. I think the the big data has become uh, almost a little bit of a, a no-no in in certain areas where it's seen as, well, that's, that's overcomplicated. I yep. don't need all of that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so actually people have been stripping out some of the big data marketees, mm-hmm. snake oil that they may have been rubbing on their products earlier. And instead, have been uh, have been you know trying to distill it down to analytics, or you know use some other words, even though it may well be using big data technology under the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BI. That's enough. Yeah. Don't go any deeper. If you show the elephant or talk about Hadoop, people say, "Oh God, now we're not big enough for that." Yeah. And again, that's connected to the self-service and the fragmentation thing. Yeah. And I guess that this actually pleads that the fragmentation self-service has been important enough that the full-blown Hadoop uh, big data things don't need to be presented anymore to still uh, call it sell, but only the commercial sell, but more of the idea sell, mm. uh, big data-ish things in a company. Yeah. That does mean Indeed. that my fragmentation does have half a... No. Okay. No, no halfsies. <laughs> but uh, happy to say that uh, the, the real snake oil uh, sales guys, I haven't seen them. Apparently neither have you, so uh, no. that's a good thing. It is a good thing, actually. It's one that I'm actually glad didn't come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Okay, on to the next one. Dave again. There's one little snippet. Cybersecurity with big data will become commonplace. Oh. Oh, yeah. So this is one that I really, really wish I could (laughs) unequivocally say, yes, nailed it, Um. But, I mean, you actually, when we were talking about this on the original episode, you disagreed. You said it was too early. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I would say if, this, if, if we were doing halvesies as points, this would, be, <laughs> this would definitely be there. Because I think, I think it's, made, it's made a lot of strides. I think we've seen um, a lot of the very, very early sort of cybersecurity startups um, – have become a lot more robust this year. I think that if you look at where the the big players are in the market, um, they're all moving in this direction as well. My involvement with Apache Metron and uh, the, uh, the Hortonworks cybersecurity platform, they, you know, that's gone. That's gone GA this year. It's it's become a Apache top level project this year. We've actually had some nice um, successful commercial wins this year. Um, so, but I, I couldn't hand on heart say commonplace. I think I was, I was probably, probably too, uh, too enthusiastic with that. So I think, I think great strides have been made. I think, uh, uh, you may hear me talk about cybersecurity and big data in my predictions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, 
uh, it was probably probably a little bit overzealous. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't give you the half point even there, even that because uh, you're right on the technology part and the technology provider part. There's been some big strides, but on the consumption part, uh, if people are looking for cybersecurity things, they're not looking at big data yet. It's it's too early. It's it's not finished yet. It's not. There is no product yet that you can get off the shelf that has a proven track record and of course as a chicken and the egg thing as long as you don't do that it's never going to get a, a proven track record and vice versa but still it's still very much in the early adopter stage I would say and even a little bit before the early adopter stage and when you predict commonplace that means it has to be a lot further in the, in the, in yeah. the journey let's say so uh, again yeah I'm, I'm expecting this to turn up in the, in the future predictions again <laughs> although I, I think I'll say then as well that I, no, I don't think next year but let's keep the future predictions for next one indeed but uh, yeah first loss for Dave it's going the right way it's going the right way <laughs> okay let's go at the penultimate one the final one from me in memory and GPU will rule traditionally commodity low footprint hardware used for Hadoop and big data clusters are gonna migrate gonna evolve into huge VMs or physical chassis with a lot of memory and a lot of GPU uh, regardless of what you're saying, I'm counting this as a win. But you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm right. And I have no, proof of that. No, you're not. You're uh, really not. Can I, can I say something? You can. You can. But you're you, wrong. <laughs> you can actually have a crazy supercomputer in Azure now. And? <laughs> For big data and advanced analytics uh, workloads. Sorry. It doesn't get any no. bigger than that, man. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Will rule. Those were your words. Will rule. And it's not. It's not. It's uh, not ruling. Well. I, I agree. It, it, in memory and GPU has become a lot more relevant this year. But I, I argued when, we, when you had this production, it was too early. And I stand by that. I think that uh, it certainly has become um, more prevalent. But it's still, it's still not there. Oh, in, the so, cloud, in, a, in a cloud environment, it's different because if you look at cloud big data things, they but all want to that, go into. You didn't specify cloud. You just said will rule, and uh, it is yeah, not but ruling. All big data is done in the cloud anyway. So, <laughs> 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 I mean, there's going to be also going to be a delay on on-premise because uh, these things are expensive <laughs> to buy. Which means that you have to take a couple of years in account for these uh, hardware refresh cycles to kick in. On the cloud, you'll see this faster. Mm -hmm. So I might agree I should have specified in cloud something like that. But Indeed would you, you agree or disagree that whenever somebody is starting a big data advanced analytics or whatever you want to call it trajectory now, that they are looking at huge uh, amounts of memory uh, compared to the original uh, Hadoop clusters and uh, more, let's say, uh, GPU availability, things like that. That has become something that's almost always on the table as a pre prerequisite. I would say that uh, a lot more in-memory processing has become far more commonplace, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, I would say GPU is still not there yet, but it's, it's definitely something that people want to know what their roadmap to GPU-based mm -hmm. processing is going to look like. But it's still not ruling. Sorry. Hmm. I don't care. I'm putting it up as a win. 
Well, you're wrong. I don't you're care. wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I want at least one. Shut up. No, zero. <laughs> okay, this just might be the final episode of the Roaring Elven podcast, people. <laughs> Okay, let's go to the last one already. Time flies when you're having fun. Here we go. Indeed. I will repeat my prediction that we will start to say Atlas and uh, governance and the integration with Ranger and security. I think we will start to see that become more and more commonplace uh, and it will start to be just one of the standard parts of a, a big data ecosystem. I'll let you go first. So I think that, again, if I think this is a, a, another, uh, if we were doing half points, then I think this would be a half point. Mm-hmm. I think that there's been some, again, there's been some great progress this year. Um, IBM having sort of uh, committed to uh, linking all of their governance backend into Atlas, um, We've seen a few other products along the way become more integrated into Atlas. And I think for those that are on the Hortonworks stack of products, um, Atlas integration has become a very key and important part of almost every single discussion. Governance, especially with things like uh, GDPR coming up, has become incredibly important to organizations. Um, could I hand on heart say commonplace? I think that that might be a little stretch too far. Um, but I think this is another one where really good progress has been made. Lots of big players have stepped up and stepped behind it, and integration has either been done or has been uh, been started. So, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't hand on heart call that a win. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. Now, I did say last time that I considered Atlas to be dead and doomed and never going to be here to get her to get off again. So I'm happy mm-hmm. to say that I was wrong about that one. That wasn't a prediction, yeah. so it doesn't count against me. <laughs> so, and you're right that uh, there's been some uh, a lot more life in Atlas this year than last year. But just like with the cybersecurity thing, all the uh, activity has been on the development side, on the prof- technology provider side. If I look at the other side, of the consumers of this thing, um, I mean, a lot of people, well, I say everybody's looking for a governance solution. Atlas uh, was seen as being something that had passed on, and we can happily say again, no, see, big company like IBM is behind it, so it's here, it's it's going to become or stay important in the future. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really seen enough evolution uh, in the in the, the public space, let's say, maybe that the IBM stack itself, which I don't know too much, has a lot more uh, integration already. But if I look at what a standard HTTP cluster can do or a standard Hadoop in general can do, I haven't really seen that much um, change, to be honest. Now, I have changed my opinion from Atlas is doomed to, hey, Atlas is alive and I'm hoping for the future. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that in the real application of the whole thing, I haven't seen any change. People are still looking at Atlas and saying, not good enough. Because it does Hive, it doesn't do much more. It does a bit more than Hive these days, but yeah. uh, 
Spark is still Spark in. Uh, it's hard to integrate something like Spark as well, right? Because if you start reading files from a HFS cluster, it's it's still not there. And the yep. biggest problem I have, and I actually looked this up again, because last year I I think it wasn't in the prediction show, but I said at a certain point that the original idea for Atlas was to be not just in Hadoop but across Hadoop, have it an open platform where all of the surrounding things in the organization can also hook into that to have a single repository of your governance across the company. And that was the way it was presented at the beginning. I looked it up. I found it again. <laughs> you said it wasn't true, but whatever. But I, regardless if it's true or not, I think Atlas or anything like Atlas will need to have that scope. Because a Hadoop cluster can be a very important part of a, of a solution within a company. It will never be the it's only thing there. Yeah. And if you're looking at governance, if you want to have end-to-end accountability, you need something that spans the whole thing. So I'm very happy that at the IBM thing, if you uh, if listen at the way they present it, the way they talk about it, they're looking mm-hmm. at Atlas, not just for Hadoop, but across the whole suite of uh, applications that they're offering there. So that's really going back to that not just to do, but across the whole ecosystem, which is good. I haven't seen it happen yet. And again, I don't know enough about the IBM tools themselves. I don't work with those uh, that often. So maybe only if you just do IBM, it is already at that stage, but haven't really seen that happen. So I doubt it. But that's basically what I'm waiting for before I'm going to call Atlas. Uh, yeah, it's landed. Yeah, I think it's fair enough. And that's a problem that the Hadoop ecosystem open source developers won't be able to solve themselves the only thing that they can do i think is have atlas to be so easy to use and all encompassing have possibilities to have everything in there so that other companies can look at it and say yeah we're stupid to build something our own let's just leverage what that has and as long as all the um, Hadoop vendors out there don't use Atlas. That's never going to happen because if I was a third-party de- de- developer or application provider and I would say, okay, it's not even commonplace across Hadoop because as far as I know, the HTTP is still the only one that uh, ships with Atlas. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's going to still have a hard time to uh, to convince non-Hadoop ecosystem vendors to uh, to integrate with it. But again, the IBM thing is definitely a uh, a very large push in the back for uh, for Atlas. Yep. And if Atlas was on the precipice, that would be a bad thing. But I don't think they are. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think no, they're no. on the start of a big climb here. So let's see uh, how it works out in the future. But, Indeed. Uh, yeah, not getting a win on this one day. No, 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 no I, happening. I uh, I agree. I agree. So, 2-0. Uh, yeah, on a t- possible four we could have gained. You had two correct, and I claim one. You claim one, <laughs> but you actually got nil. No, no, you, so, just, said two, you just said two one. You, you just admitted no, no, two one. Yes, two nil. It's on tape. It's on tape. <laughs> what, what you actually mean is you'll edit it so it sounds like I said. <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. Anyway, so I think the the consensus, though, that I think we can both agree is uh, that we shouldn't give up our day jobs and become fortune tellers. I think that would be uh, uh, that would be not a great career move. Um, I don't know. Are you predicting that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm predicting that I will not become a fortune teller. How's that? <laughs> 
And since you're bad at predicting stuff, that means you will be. Uh, let's not oh, let's, let's end that. No, let's not start that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's that's it for our uh, our past predictions and our review. Um, we will obviously have an upcoming episode where we will uh, set a brand new set of predictions and uh, we don't learn basically that's the, the no of it. we don't we don't we really don't and so do play along with us and actually if, if you have predictions um it would also be fun you know fire those into us and we can uh, we am sure we can weave them into the story but uh you mean steal them no, no, no. I'm, I'm perfectly... Well, Jon obviously will steal them. I will hey, give credit. We have it on um, tape from last episode that you actually stole one of mine. <laughs> so, but what I would say is, as this episode goes out live on the 19th of December, uh, I'd like to wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas. Yes, definitely. Have some good vacation time with your family and everything. And won't say Happy New Year yet, because we have an episode coming up after this one, before New Year. That's true. That's true. But that is about all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this serving of bite-sized big data. And uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, please go to www.roaringelephant.org, where you can find more information about uh, the podcast itself and also find a feedback form to give us some additional thoughts, criticisms, and any other feedback. You can also follow us on Twitter using the at Hadoopcast tag, and also, of course, contact us by email, podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until then, my name is Dave. And my name is John. And we look forward to talking to you next week. See you then.